Yeah, what? I got your message and I gave you a message. Did you get my message? Yeah. <laughs> We're playing phone tag.
And so we as a small little congregation here in Big Bear, we want to press into Jesus and, and hear his voice and be part of what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to worship this morning. I want to welcome everyone streaming online and on Facebook. And um, we're going to worship together. And uh, I'm just going to say, I didn't mention this to Tanner. Tanner, every once in a while, you can throw the camera to the, to the worship team. There's people at home saying, we want to see the worship team a little bit more. So you can kind of go back and forth. And, uh, <laughs> you know, otherwise they're just looking at words. You know what? Everyone just wants to see my pretty face. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that true? You're humble. <laughs> yeah. Humble pretty face. You're not supposed to lie this, lie this early in the church service. Amen. Hey, let's, let's uh, stand to our feet. And, and, and again, if you can, if you're comfortable, we're going to pray. And we're going to lift our holy hands. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We yes, give you Lord. glory this morning. Yes. Father, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done in this place. Yes, in God, this morning we declare that you are God of all. Yes. You're the creator of all. And you are my king. Lord, I want to submit to your lordship, to your kingship in my life. God, as a, as a congregation, we declare that you are good, you are mighty, you are awesome. No falsehood dwells in you. Nothing evil, nothing wrong, nothing bad. God, you are all 100% good. And you are a God of mystery and a God of wonders. And we want to worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs>
is your majesty. You are holy, holy. The God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. Oh, man. 
Can me 
But there's a price to pay for that. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. What if the Holy Spirit floods this place and holy laughter breaks out? Would that offend you? If that was the will of the Spirit? Let's go a little deeper. Mark Johnson was ministering here years ago on a Pentecost Sunday. And by the grace of God, the, the pastor said, if anybody wants to come up and pray, they can come up and pray. In other words, it wasn't open just to the elders. Anybody that felt read up, prayed up, can come up and minister as things begin to happen. I like to see that kind of a service happen more often, like every week. Let's go a little deeper. What if the Spirit of God floods in here and people begin to bark like dogs and manifest? Could you handle it? That's what happened up in the Toronto Blessing. The glory of God fell. The people were barking like dogs. Offended a whole lot of people, but that was a deliverance anointing that was released in the Toronto Blessing. In Brownsville, it was a blessing of revival and evangelism. Each outpouring is different as the Spirit of God wants to do it. Whether it's holy laughter, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a release of healing, or if they're barking like dogs. Would that offend you? If the service goes on for four hours, are you offended? I would challenge you that we are one election away from being checked into what Hillary calls adult fun camps. That's how close we are to being labeled not essential as a church. I would challenge you, if you would allow the Spirit of God to move freely in the midst, no matter how the Holy Spirit chooses to manifest, so that you will leave here differently than the way you came in. We can go outside our four walls and impact this lost and dying world, as gross darkness covers the people, we can impact the culture and break the chains of darkness that's trying to label the church as not essential. Would you be willing to get out of your comfort zone and do that? And the leadership of this church, are they willing to do that? I pray that you are. I'm sure my 10 minutes is almost up now. But, but be encouraged. I believe in the leadership of Mickey Hall. He is bringing the men to a place where we're saying, we're ready to get out of the box here. We're ready to let God be God again. And we need that, especially in this hour coming up on this election. We thank you, Pastor, for letting me share. take a moment to receive tithes and offerings and and um you know, we're not going to do this we're just going to pray give you long enough to to prepare that um you know give as you give when you give give unto the lord and uh give confidently out of faith amen so we're going to pray over the the tithes and offerings and and god is faithful i pray he's continuing to provide for you as he's doing for us and um amen heavenly father we thank you that you have blessed us God, that uh, times can be lean, times can be plenty. But God, in my personal life, we've never gone without. Um, we've never bagged bread. Felt like we might start, but you came through. God, so this morning as we give, we give out of faith and obedience to you. We bring our tithe. The first ten belongs to you, God, and we, and, and we give offerings as well. And just pray to you, whatever we, whatever is given, Lord, you would bless it, God multiply it that uh, 
that the ministry will continue here, that the kingdom of God will be preached in, uh, in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You can give online also. I'm sure they put that. Yep, there it is. Or go straight to the website. So praise the Lord. And did we get a text back? Are they good now? She lost everything. Well, that's weird. Is it still saying start streaming? I mean, is it still saying streaming on the computer? Right side? To say stop streaming, is there about to say yep. stop streaming? Yes, still we're streaming. Okay, we're streaming. All right, we're getting audio, audio, we're getting reports. Audio is good. Okay, I mean, we're good. I don't know. Tell them to reconnect. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah, try again. Amen. They, they, I guess they couldn't hear the worship. I know. And I, we'll have to do it again. <laughs> good time of worship. This one is good when we can gather together. And, and, um, and, and and I do, it's it's tough when you're at home because you're missing out on the dynamic of being together. But be praying for those at home. Hey, we want to be praying for some people in our congregation um, this morning. Um, we have, you know, we have people who, who can't get out of their house because of their illnesses. We, we That's why it's so important to continue trying to get this streaming, uh, you know, better and better. Um, and, and it went really well and it went backwards. We're trying to figure that out. But... Because we have people like Missy, who's at home, um, very compromised. I mean, very compromised immune systems. But uh, recently, um, our own Bonnie Smets, who's put on the kids' production for quite a few years here, has been diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And um, it's uh, City of Hope says they only see her type of cancer. This is City of Hope, about one in five hundred thousand cases. And so it's it's very rare. It's um, that she has some tumors on her lung and on her on her liver. There is a name for it. He gave it to me, and it was unfamiliar, so I forgot it. So my apologies. Be praying for Bonnie. Be praying for Claude. Um, they they are staying home to stay healthy, and um, but they are not um, they are not afraid of phone calls. Okay. Sometimes they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't call people. Please call. And when you when you notice somebody's not here, call. We need to keep checking in on people, keep loving them. Um, I even have some weird ideas that maybe people could show up at some of the, the those that are at home, sit in their driveway and, and wave to them. And, and if you play an instrument, bring a guitar and do some worship out in front of their house and they can, because we want to love them as and keep everyone safe in, in this time. So be praying for Claude and Bonnie and Missy. Um, and really there's there's other people just, um, we want to pray for Pop, uh, for, for Al Ziegler. Um, he's had a stroke about a week and a half ago and um, did not get it treated quickly enough. And uh, so he's now got some, some droopy face and some slurred speech stuff going on. And uh, so be praying for the family and, um, you know, always looking around. Always be praying for Mike and Mona. It's great to see you here this morning, guys. Um, be praying for them. Be praying for uh, Debbie DeMar. Um, I sure miss seeing Debbie in the back row. She would sit, she's David's son, and she would sit in the back, bring her oxygen when she was up to it, and she's just, you know, she's got to stay healthy, so, and, and, and more, and whenever I start naming people, I always forget someone, so forgive me, and if you're reminding of one right now, you can let me know, um, but, but be praying for all these people, um, and be praying about how you might be able to serve them, and uh, reach out to them, again, phone calls are great. 
cards, letters, things like that. Um, and then there's just people who, who aren't, uh, you know, well, actually, you know, Joel Hall, I was going to say, who, who, who aren't ill. They, he doesn't act ill, but he has uh, been diagnosed with cancer, and he's, he's doing very, very, very well um, with it. But they are not going out into public a whole lot because, uh, you know, they're 83, 84, and uh, they are as spry as can be. But be praying for them and just be praying that they would feel comforted and, again, call them. Um, you know, hey, maybe maybe they would be open before it gets too cold for you to grab a couple of chairs and go sit in their in their yard with them, and they can sit far away and we can love each other that way. We need to be creative. We do not want to let anyone be left behind from our congregations, and uh, I haven't done the best job on that. And uh, and maybe you've done better, um, but uh, I need to do better in going visiting and, and and figuring out how to do this because it's new, new territory. So join me in, in praying that, uh, for wisdom and how to continue to minister to people. Amen. Of course, you never forget Robin, you know. She's braved it a few times, comes in her car, she's, you know, so be praying. Hey, I, I've got another family announcement. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard announcement. It comes with both sadness and celebration for them. Um, recently, the Hastings family, Josh, Sarah, they're six and a half kids. Um, they, they felt led along with a couple that they've been meet, friends with and meeting with on Saturdays for Bible studies. Uh, they have felt led to start their own church. And so Josh and Sarah this morning are having service in their house or in, in a house this morning. They've started a new church. The church, it could change, but they told me the name of the church is The Way. And uh, they're even praying about getting a building. They have a couple of couples, uh, families that, that are joining them already. And they, they felt led to start a, a, another church. And it's, um, you know, it is a Reformed theology church. So it's a little bit different than what we teach and preach here. But it's Christian, okay? And uh, so, but... but they just really felt like it was time for them to, to go and, uh, and uh, pursue those things. So we miss them greatly if you've been wondering where they are, especially the little ones running around. And uh, man, their, their, their family is just great. We're going to miss them. But we pray that God will use them to um, expand the kingdom, that people will be saved, that people will be discipled uh, in, in the spirit and, and, and according to God's will, and that the kingdom of God will grow. And uh, hey, one way to grow the kingdom in this town is by church planting. And we did not plant the church, um, but they planted, they planted themselves. And we're going to bless and pray that it will be of, of God and blessed by God to expand the kingdom for people maybe that we cannot reach. You know, not, you know, there's a lot of churches and a lot of people say, I wish there was just one church. But there's not one personality there, there's not one even understanding of the scriptures. And, you know, if we can agree on the majors, that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, Amen. that it's by faith, through grace, it's not by works, it's that Jesus Christ, that God sent his only son to die for sinners, which we were one of, and that through him, salvation can be found. And we can, we, we, we need to, you know, major... Uh, on the majors only, you know, not not worry about some of the other things. Um, but the truth is, I've I've had this theory that if uh, even just if if the 
uh, charismatic churches. Um, I don't want to call them spirit-filled churches, but the spirit-filled, charismatic, Pentecostal, if you will, churches, which there's a handful of them up here. Um, if we got together and says, you know what, because all of us, you know, you know, before COVID, we were at maybe 90, 100 people. Um, you know, some of them were down at 30 and 40 and 60. If we all got together and made a nice church of about 300 or 350, in about two to three years, a group would break off and start their own church. And a couple years later, another group would break off and they would go back to a couple denominations because there's personalities, there's styles, um, there's systems of preaching that differ among people to people. But the gospel, if the gospel is the same, praise the Lord. That's why we fellowship uh, once a month with the other pastors. We love each other. We pray for each other. Um, you know, we invite each other uh, in to, to do things together. So we're on the same page for the kingdom of God. And we're just going to pray for every other work in this community that is preaching the gospel. Amen. That's preaching the gospel to keep preaching the gospel and win the lost and not cause division. Amen? Amen. 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 So, any rumors, any things you hear about, about the new church starting, if it's negative, squash it. Say, I don't want to hear it. We're not going to entertain anything negative. We're just going to pray for God and bless them. Okay? Um, and we should do the same thing with, with, with pastors all around. You know, it's, it's wonderful. I try to do this. Sometimes people come to me and they start talking about their pastor and maybe they're leaving the church. And one of the first things I say is, you know what? He's such a good friend of mine. I meet with him every month. And you know what that does? Because, <laughs> you know, don't talk about my family. I talk about each other's family. Man. And, uh, you know, I love them all and, and they're all weird. Uh, you're that or I'm weird and they're all normal. But, uh, right, I mean, you know, sure we are different people. We, we, uh, we dance to the, 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 yes, peculiar people. Um, and there's differences. But boy, man, I love my uh, brothers in this community. I don't know all the pastors, but uh, we have a good fellowship with a number of them. Love them. And so we want to be doing that with all the churches that are preaching the gospel, including the way. We will miss Josh and Sarah and the kids immensely. Doesn't doesn't help that that uh, he's my nephew, and uh, well, it's kind of hard because we saw each other here. That was you know one of the only times we got to see each other. But uh, now we have to be more proactive to see them, bless them, pray for them, and uh, if you've ever been involved with ministry, uh, pray harder because you know what it's it's difficult. It's difficult at best to be in ministry and start a church, and uh, um, so be praying because we don't want any casualties. Uh, we don't want any casualties out of this. Not from this church, not from theirs, not in them. And uh, we're going to continue to go forward. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, now he gave me a clock down here. And uh, I'm not used to it. I'm used to it right up at looking right below his face. So this morning, last night, actually, uh, late at night, um, our copier went down, which was a bummer. And so I was making copies on our little printer. Worked out fine. Didn't have a lot to make. Went home, came back this morning to print my notes, and the little printer ran out of ink too. Wow. So I get no notes this morning. So we're going to just talk this morning and preach about what I wanted to do. And, and really what we're going to do is we're going to kind of close up the, um, the series that we've been doing. Amen? So 
you're going to bear with me. I'm going to give you a lot of, uh, of scriptures without their addresses is what I'm going to do because that's, I don't have it all memorized. I, I memorize some, don't memorize it all. And when I'm put on the spot, you ever do that? You, you know a scripture and says, hey, what's that memory version? You're like, I don't know. For God so loved the world. Where is that in the Bible? Ah, uh, Genesis. You know, I mean, get put on the spot. You can't even think of John three sixteen. And so, so I will give you the references, and or not the references, not the address. But we're going to you know talk about these things. But I want to kind of sum up and and hit a few points again of the series that we've been in because we don't want to just come on a Sunday and get a message and then say, okay, great, by Monday or Tuesday that message is gone and come on the next Sunday, get another message and by Monday or Tuesday that message is gone. We want to build and we want to apply the word of God to our lives and, and sometimes the best way to do that is to, to go back and revisit that. So I'm going to kind of close up the, ser- the series this morning by going back over each of the weeks, if I can do that from, from memory, I think I've got it, and talk a little bit about each one and help us to remember taking notes, um, you know, this would be a great time because you'll, you'll write these, these points down. Remember, the series that we're in is Habits of Highly Effective Christians. So, Father, even as we go into the rest of this morning, Lord, we pray that the, uh, the, the news that we heard um, about the Hastings family planting a new church would be a positive one, God, that you would breathe and bless them. And God, as we turn the corner now to getting into the word and, and revisiting that which you've been speaking to us now for, for eight or nine weeks, um, that you would help to solidify it in our hearts. God, that you would help us to go and visit each one and say, Lord, help me. You know, I remember that and I'm, I'm not doing well there. God, help me uh, in that area. Um, bless this time in, 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 uh, in service this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So high, highly effective Christians, and, and we got that. I got that message uh, from Stephen Covey's book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's not a Christian book, um, but it's an it's an amazing book. I encourage you to read it. That and or First Things First, they overlap quite a bit. Um, they help us to to look at life more purposeful. And, and often we just do life, and we're not being purposeful about it as Christians and as people. We want to be purposeful. In fact, one of the things that separates effective and successful people is that idea of being purposeful in everything, in your relationships, um, even in your entertainment. We're going to be purposeful. We don't want to just go through life, just, just whatever comes. When we do that, we tend to never really move ahead. And I think in, in, Christ, in our Christian walks, we'll do the same. We, we won't really get anywhere. Um, if, if you're looking at your life and go, man, really not much has changed over the last 10 or 15 years, then begin to pray, Lord, I, maybe I haven't been purposeful. Uh, I, would, I would encourage you to, to read the book. Again, it's not Christian, but principles are principles. They're good principles. Um, and so, but as Christians, I just came up with, with some of these things. I thought, well, what do highly effective Christians do uh, on a daily basis? Or what are things, what are patterns in their life? Um, we're not talking about people who do something, you know, big and then they fall away. That's flash, you know, flash in the pan Christianity. We're talking about people who, over the long haul, have just moved ahead. They're, they've grown in their faith. They've been effective in the church. They've been effective in the kingdom. They're effective in their homes. What are some things that they do? And in the, in the process, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't have all this down myself. These are things that I'm still growing, which was one of the last things is that we continue to grow. 
but so I started, I, I just did what, you know, most people do, what Google did. You know, what else are people saying about this? And I wasn't the only one who was preaching this series. And, and so I began to look and see what are the common threads in all these people who are saying, what do, what do Christians do? And I started looking at the lives of people that I respect that are still in the battle. It's not that they've never, never struggled or, or even had a loss. You know, we've all had losses, we've all struggled, but what do Christians do? And so that's where we came up with that. We don't want to just be, we don't want to be ineffective. That was the very first week when we started talking about that. We don't want to be ineffective in our lives. Like if I said, who wants to be ineffective? Oh, me! You don't want to be ineffective in any, any part of your life, and yet we are. And so we want to be effective, and really let's be highly effective. Let's make a difference in our families. Let's make a difference in the kingdom of God. And so we want to learn how to be highly effective Christians. And, and Christian, not just in name. You know, that, that name is, is so important. But there are people who are just, they're Christian. In fact, one of the, one of the speakers um, at the event over the weekend, it was the My Pillow guy. David something? Mike. Mike. You know, I mean, he, 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 he uh, anyone have a My Pillow? He, he, do you? Is it good? All right. You know, he came out of nowhere, and he developed this little pillow thing. And I mean, and I just heard bits and pieces. I was kind of it was in the background, and the guy came to God but wasn't saved. And, and, and I mean, he says he wasn't saved. He he was a crack addict right before he began in the middle of his pillow business. I mean, I'm like golly. And you know, I don't know if you know, he was meeting with Donald Trump a couple of years ago. I mean, he, you know, God took him from this place of obscurity really, and, and he blessed him, and he. And he came up, well, he's a crack addict. He came to God, but he said he really didn't come to faith in just a couple years ago where he absolutely knew he was saved. And he believed, he, he called himself a Christian, but he wasn't saved. We don't want to just be Christian in name. We want to be radically changed. The word Christian actually means Christ-like. Okay, we want to be Christ-like. We want to be followers of Jesus. We want to be disciples. And some people, I talk about this, they said, listen, that discipleship is for the serious and hardcore. I don't want to be a disciple. I just want to be a Christian. Listen, there is no difference. You can't be a Christian without being a disciple. If you're not a disciple, you've got to really question, am I even a Christian? And I'll let you question that between you and God. I'm not going to. And no one else around should ever question somebody's salvation or their Christianity. But you shouldn't. Regularly. God, how's my walk? How's my faith? In fact, the Bible encourages us to question yourself and, and, and see if you're really in the faith. So that's something for us to do. I'm not going to do it. I'll step on your toes. I step on mine all the time. All right? We want to be disciples of Jesus growing. And so th that was the beginning. And so we went through some of these, and I might get them out of order um, because they weren't necessarily uh, in order. But the very first one, and, and I felt like that was... Uh, really, it was the most important one. It's when Jesus left his, when he was with his disciples right before he went to the cross. He took them out in John chapter 14 and 15, and he walked by the, the, the vines, and he started this great parable. And there's a wonderful book by Bruce Wilkinson, um, Secrets of the Vine. If you're not a reader, it's a perfect book for you. It's like this big. It'll transform your life. You know, get it? But he begins to talk with his disciples about the vine and abiding in the vine. Our very first thing as effective Christians, we need to learn how to abide in Christ. And, and that whole thing, you know, we, we, we had a good service on it. Go back and listen to that. 
But it's a really deep thing because you go, how do you abide? Well, well, one thing, you can look at your life. If you feel over here worldly a lot, and then you come to church, you go to Bible study, but, but when you're not in church or Bible study, you're seeing the world come out of your life and be put into your life, then you're, you're, you're not abiding as much as you should. When we abide, uh, it's going to affect our, our families. It's going to affect us in our businesses. It's going to affect us in our friendships. Christ is going to be coming out of us in all those relationships. We're going to be seeing more of his life lived through us. And there's way to, ways to abide, and, and some of those are the other parts of effective Christianity. But we've got to remember, I want to abide in him. That means I'm not going to come to church and, and do church and then leave and be in the world. Uh, I'm going to be a Christian business owner. You know, I'm going to be a, a Christian family man. I'm going to be a Christian friend. Uh, Christ is going to go with us everywhere we go. And, and his life is going to happen. So we, the first thing, it's so important, is to abide in me. If you abide in me and my word abides you, abides in you, you'll ask anything you want and it'll be given to you, the scriptures say. Uh, that whole uh, John 14, 15 was all about abiding in Christ. And so we need to remain in him all the time. And it's, and it's a battle. It, it, it really is. Christianity is not easy. It, it wasn't for the early disciples and it's not for us. Salvation comes when we believe and receive it, but then we find that we're in a world that doesn't like us. And, and, and there's an enemy of our soul. The devil doesn't want us to follow him. And our flesh is opposed to the things of God. So every we, we wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, let, let's, let's get ready for battle. That's why Ephesians 6 exists. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand your ground. We need these things in life. So abiding in Christ is, is this process. And, and uh, you know, part of that is Ephesians chapter 6, the, the full armor of God. We need to have the sword of the Spirit. And again, these are the things we're going to be talking about that we talked about in, in, in Habits of Highly Effective People. So let's move on. After abiding in Christ, I was going to go right on. And I think I, I stopped. I went, wait, before we even go on or as we go on, one of the things we need to do, the next one, was guarding our hearts. And that was one of the weeks we talked about. As an as a effective Christian, you have to guard your heart. Um, and that's an ongoing, daily, daily uh, effort. You've got to guard your heart. You have to guard your heart from things that come into it. And you have to guard your heart of things that stay in it and mull around. And then if you do those things, it's a lot easier to guard your heart of the things that come out. Because really, what's coming out is not is, is coming out of your mouth, which has been affected by your heart and your mind. So when I say guard your heart, it's your heart and it's also your thinking. The, the, the scriptures teach us that whatever is good, whatever is lovely, if anything is praiseworthy, think about these things. So when we're talking about guarding our hearts, we need to be guarding our thought processes and the things that we allow into our heart. And there's a fine line. There's a lot that happens up here, but then it trickles down here. And so we're going to guard our hearts. But we're also going to guard our mind. The scriptures teach us that it says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart from because everything in your life comes out of your heart. Now, now, if I were to ask this, you know, who, who, who here can fake it? Probably most of us would, would raise our hands. Now, there's some people that they just have no ability to fake anything. And just whatever's happening in their life is just coming out all over you. And, right? and those are always fun people to be with. You're like, sometimes you're just like, wow, can, can you hold that back a little bit? But we, we, most of us can fake it. We can fake it for a little while. We're like, you know, hey, you know, we're having a good day. We can fake our Christianity or, or we can make it a little bit more than it is. But we're talking about who we are. 
We, we want to guard that and make it real. And you know what? There are times that you don't need to express everything you are to everyone all the time. You know, I mean, we can, we can keep some things in. If, if, if I've been a real jerk to Shannon, you know, she doesn't need to come into church on Sunday morning and say, Rod's just a jerk. You know, I mean, she, she talks to people when I am. And, and so, you know, there are times that we don't have to share everything, but we want our life to be real. One of the things to make it real is that we're guarding our, our heart regarding our mind. Let me give you some, some quick examples and things that we want to do, because this is so incredibly important. Um, a thought comes into our mind, and I'll do this. Who's ever had a way crazy thought enter your mind and you don't know where it came from? Okay, right? I call those, and that's not my, those are intrusive thoughts. They're like, they come out of nowhere, they go boop, and you're like, wow, that is crazy. So here's the thing. What are you going to do with that thought? Most of us, go, wow, that's really crazy. I think it's true. <laughs> and, and you're like, no, I don't do that. Sure you do. You text somebody, and they don't text you back. The crazy thought comes in. They're mad at me. They're such a jerk. And we go, they're mad at me. They're such a jerk. And next thing you know, we're, we're having this conversation with ourselves about something that's not true. You know, you're, you're, somebody gives you a bad look at church. Oh my gosh, this happens. People have come and talked to me about this. So-and-so looked bad at me today. I'm like, you know, they might not have even seen you. And, and in fact, get off your high horse. People probably don't care that much about you. Oh, is that rough? But it's true. We think everyone's like, yeah, they're, you know, no, they were probably just like had gas and they went, <laughs> I mean, it might not have been a bad thought, but what are you going to do? Are you going to entertain that? Or are you going to say, you know what? You know, they had Taco Bell yesterday. They're, it's not about me. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to, that's the thought. But if we don't catch it here, it's going to go into our heart. And pretty soon, we're going to make up things about them. And we're going to, we're mad at them. And, and, and again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I already know for some of you, this is absolutely true that, that this has happened. It, ha it happens for all of us if we don't catch it. And, and next thing you know, you're angry at the person. You think they're angry with you. Then you see them, and they're like, Hi, it's so good to see you. And you're like, Oh, it's so good to see you, too. And you realize you were just being silly. Stop it. Let's guard our hearts. Let's say, you know what? That's not a good thought. That's not a lovely thought. I'm just not. Now, it could be true. They actually might not like you. But until they tell you they don't like you, let's not make up things. Let's take those things and go, you know what, that's not good, that's not lovely, that's not helpful, that's not going to build me up, that's not going to build them up, I'm not going to entertain it. So what happens when it comes down to our hearts? See, now, then we get these things in our heart, like bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, because we keep entertaining thoughts, and it now goes in our heart. Abide in Christ, and, and guard your heart, out of your heart, the wellspring of life. I hope you have people in your life, and if not, get somebody, who you could go up to and say, hey, you hang out with me enough. How do you think my heart is? And if they're, if they're a good friend and they're godly, they'll tell you. So you want to know the truth? I don't think your heart's very good. Well, why not? You're cussing more. You've been negative. You've been, you've been talking schmack. Yeah, that's not like you. Something's going on. That, that, those are the things. That's a proof. You, something's happening in your heart. Have somebody in your life who you can ask that question to and be ready for it. Say, hey, man, I love you. And you asked, you want to know? I don't think your heart's doing no good. You want know to go to the Lord, 
ask forgiveness and say, purify my heart. Purify my heart. Okay? And, and let's, let's do it. So abide in Christ. Spend time in Him. Guard your heart. The next week, we talked about the Word of God and the importance that the Word of God plays for us. If you want to grow in your Christianity, if you want to be effective, you need to be a person of the Word. You need to be reading it. You need to be listening to it. You need to be studying it. You need to be meditating on it. And you need to be memorizing it. Oh, were those five things? Remember how to get a grasp on the Word? It, it, that was the message. Go back and listen to that. It was, it's really good. It wasn't mine. It was, it was, uh, I think it was um, Rick, Rick Warren's. Um, but it's, it's really true. We don't just read the Bible. We read it. We study it. We meditate on it. And listen to it. And we, and we memorize it. We do these things. And it helps us to get a good grasp on the Word. Be a person of the Word. Now, I'm going to give you a couple quick hints. We gotta, i got to move on. We're going to have a four-hour service like Gary talked about. <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> I was going to say something more. Um, the, the, here it comes. I, I'm not going to... Some of you go, man, I've tried to read my Bible and it just doesn't work. There's a chance that this is how you try it. You heard a message, read your Bible, and maybe they didn't tell you something different. Maybe they did tell you exactly what you tried that didn't work. Or you just had an assumption that you need to spend an hour a day in the Bible. That's a lot of people. i got to spend an hour a day in the Bible. That's a great goal. And, and, and I know people who spend more than an hour in the day in the Bible. I don't spend an hour in the, a day in the Bible every day. But can you do five minutes? I think you do five minutes. Start with five. If you can't do five, do two. Do two. And then maybe next week you can do three. Right? Start with something. Begin to read the Bible. Read the passage over and over again. If you have... If, if, if you have a problem reading, get the Bible on audio, download a new version, listen to the Bible, begin to, to listen and read the Bible. Then, then you can add some of these other things and do, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study. What, is that, what does that passage mean? Well, there's study materials out there. For your friends have it. I can, I can coach you in that direction. Memorize the scriptures. Meditate on it. Start with two minutes, three minutes. Build up to five. Go to 15. If you read your Bible, just read your Bible without studying it. About 20 minutes a day, you'll read the entire Bible every year. And some of you think, I could never read the Bible. 20 minutes. You can do 20 minutes. You can build up to that. So start little, add on to it, go back and listen to the message. There's some other things in there. Avoid distractions, things like that. Get a pen and paper, write things down. When you start writing things down, you move from reading to studying. And uh, do that. So we went, we went, we talked about prayer. So we're abiding in Christ. We're guarding our hearts. We're, we're um, reading the word. We need to develop a prayer life. Prayer life is so important. You've got to learn to communicate with God. Communicate with him. Talk with him from morning till night. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, uh, pray without ceasing. That's that, uh, that idea that throughout the day, it's not that you're always in prayer, you know, constantly always talking to God. People come up to you and say, oh, I'm praying. <laughs> But, but throughout the day, you're praying. You know, you're doing things, and all of a sudden, you know, you see someone, you start praying about it. You know, you, you, you see someone driving bad. You can, you know, I could be sarcastic and say, you know, but, but like a true thing would be like you see someone doing something weird, say, you know, God, I pray to protect these people. And I pray that whatever's happening to him, that he would figure that out and not hurt people. You can turn anything into just a quick prayer. Man, God, I'm th I thank you that I wasn't 100 feet in front. 
because he would have hit me. God, I'm, I'm so grateful you, you protect me from things that I don't even realize. And, and just pray all the time. Talk to him. Uh, I remember somebody once said, you know, they, they never said amen in any of their daytime prayers. They woke up in the morning and they'd pray a little bit, but they didn't say amen. And they'd have breakfast and maybe thank God for the meal. They'd pray throughout the day. At the end of the night, right before bed, they would say, they would say their prayers, God, thank you for this day that you watched over me. And, and I pray, you know, that I'd sleep well. And then it'd say, in Jesus' name, amen. And they said, the reason why is because my whole day was a prayer. And I sealed it all up at the end of the day by saying, so be it. Because that's what amen means. Let it be. So be it. You don't have to do that, but it's an idea. It's, a, it's an understanding. Like, I can pray throughout the day. And, and you don't have to have flowery prayers. You don't have to, have verb, you don't have to be verbose or loquacious when you pray. You just pray. It, you'll you'll see. I do something. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell my secret. So I already told the guys on the on the trip. When I'm in a group, small group, I, I rarely pray in the group. And when I do, I try to pray a really simple prayer, because unfortunately, as a pastor, people can look at a pastor and say, "Oh, that's the goal. That's my. I want to pray like that." And I don't want to teach people to try to, you know, because I can pray spiritually. You know, there's people in here, if I said, would you pray? They'd pray this amazing prayer. You know, I bet you if I asked my new friend here, I said, would you pray? He'd pray a prayer, and we'd go, wow, that was awesome. And it, and it is, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the, the, the issue with it becomes when you have a new believer and they hear a prayer like that, they go, yeah. I can never pray like yeah. that. Yeah. And guess what happens? They don't. They just don't pray. Go on, pray. Talk to God. You know, every once in a while, I hear, I hear people pray, and they're like, and I don't know if this is okay or not, but at least they're talking to him like, dude, I had a really rough day today. And I just asked that tomorrow would be better. I'm like, I don't know if you should call God dude. I, I don't, but they're talking to him real. I mean, they're having a real conversation. At least let God be the one who goes, you know, stop calling me dude. Because I know my son, Zach, and he's probably listening this morning. He... He, well, I remember one of the times he called me dude, and I just stopped and said, don't call me dude. I am not your dude, okay? I am dad. There's a different vowel in there. But, but, but at least you're talking to him, and you're being real. Just talk to God. Get rid of the, uh, the King James English. I don't even think God understands it. Just kidding. But you don't need to pray in King James. Just, just talk to him. Now, if you were raised... I want to say this. If you were raised in the church, you might pray in King James English because you learned how to pray that way. There's nothing wrong with it. Cuando ores, ores en español? Sí. No en inglés? Los dos? Okay. See, I asked if they prayed in Spanish or in English. And they said Spanish, but we pray in both. Why? Because they were raised in Spanish. You will pray in a language that you're familiar with. So if you grew up in a church that prayed kind of King James Flower English, there's nothing wrong with it. That's a cultural thing. But if you didn't, then don't start. Just talk to God. Let's move on. So pray. We want to abide in Christ. We want to guard our hearts. We want to be uh, in the Word. And we want to be people of prayer from morning till night. Uh, have, of course, get some times dedicated to prayer. Don't just... I think it's great to just pray as you go, but as, as that starts happening, say, so you know what, I'm going to just sit and talk to God for, for five minutes straight. Ooh, you can do it. And then maybe you can go longer. 
And uh, like we did, I had Bobby share that whole thing of how to pray for an hour. There is something powerful when you set some time aside and talk to him for a long amount of time. Um, you know, Shannon and I, we've been married in almost 25 years. This year we have a lot of big events happening. Uh, we're going to turn, we have a 25th anniversary. I turn 50 in November. We have our 25th anniversary in February. Samuel graduates eighth grade. Madeline graduates high school. Shannon graduates college. And then she has a birthday. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> but it's a good one. The big thing. Anyways, so we're going to 25 years. You know, this year we have been working on our communication because we don't communicate well always. She might even say we don't communicate at all well. I don't know. But, but one thing about our communication, if I just walked in real quick and said, hey, Shannon, I'm going to the post office. And come back and say, oh, don't forget to buy milk. And I says, hey, can you do my laundry? And if I have communication with that all day long, that's not going to build a relationship. Now, those things are, can happen and they do happen. But I need to sit down with my wife purposefully and communicate. Who would agree? Right? All right, even some of the husbands, you're smart men, right? If you are just throwing out little things to your spouse, you are, you're missing out. You're not communicating and your relationship is in the toilet. If that's happening, I guarantee you've got problems. And, and so one of you can come to me afterwards and say, you're right. It's communication. It's, it's, it's the key to, key to a good marriage. So we need to sit down sometimes and just say, we're just going to spend time. Just do it. Do the same thing with God. Right. i got to go through this in my mind, plus you're hearing it. Abide, guard your heart, prayer. Or I should say, the word prayer. I think it went to community. Effective Christians live in a Christian community. They allow themselves to not be Lone Ranger Christians. Lone Ranger Christians should don't exist. You can't be a Christian and be isolated by yourself. And here, and that's a powerful statement. Let me say that again. You cannot be a Christian and be isolated by yourself. And, and here's why. Being a Christian, read, read the New Testament, the, the, the letters of Paul. There is over 35 times that it says things like love one another. Exhort one another. Pray for one another. Serve one another. If you are doing this by yourself, you're missing out on all of them. Because you're not doing any of those things. Confess your sins one to another. That doesn't happen as much as it should. In community, when you set yourself up living in authentic community where you're real with people, you get to do these things. And they are they are so incredibly important to your spiritual walk and to your growth. You know, we always talk about Lone Ranger Christianity. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto. And a horse. He wasn't even alone. Don't be alone. Get in a community. That's why we really strongly encourage small group ministry. And, and I'm going to say this. I love Bible study. I'm not talking about Bible study. Because Bible study can be, and it, you can call it that, but if a Bible study is where a whole bunch of people get together, one person sits and teaches everyone, and then you go home, that's not community. That's, that's studying the Bible. There's a place for that. Community is when you get together, and there might be one person who facilitates and leads, but that person is asking questions where you get to share your thoughts, opinions, hurts, and feelings, and the, the leader should honestly do, do like 
10 or 20% at the most of, of the overall talking. The people are sharing their things. Um, when, when I lead a group, one of my greatest things I try to do is I ask a question. Like, so tell me a time in your life that you felt really close to the Lord. And then you know what I do? Tell me a time you feel close to the Lord. I look at my shoe. <laughs> you ever do that? And there's a reason. As the leader, when a leader asks a question, everybody just keeps looking at him. <laughs> and so when you break eye contact with the group and look at your shoe, they go, oh, and they start looking around the group and they look at each other. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's powerful because now they're talking to one another. This it does not produce community. This doesn't. Take this and go have lunch together and talk about the things of God. That'll produce community. Hopefully this encourages you, um, challenges you, and you learn something. If you are only doing church on Sunday and you're not in community any other time, you're missing out on the biggest part of Christianity. So community, figure it out. Get in a, in a group that is doing that. Um, and I would even see, if you're in a Bible study and don't have time to do two groups, quit your Bible study and join a community group, a life group. That's what we call them, life groups here. You know, we, we've called them home groups. We, 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 call them, we used to call them cell groups, and, and they're still cells, but, you know, a lot of people with cells, like, like jihadist cells or, you know, prison cells. No, so we, we got away from calling it a cell group because it didn't share it. Uh, but, but a cell is a, it's, it's, it's a cell, like an organism. And it's individual. That's what's great about it's almost like a house church. And, um, but it's also connected to the bigger fellowship because cells are connected to the body. And so, but now we call them life groups because they should be giving life, not just information. Okay? Community. Life group. And, and listen, if you, if you are growing and maturing, talk to me. We need to start more groups. And, and on that is, is an announcement. We will be starting... Two, uh, one or two women's groups soon. In the next uh, probably few weeks to a month, we're going to be starting an in-person women's group and an online Zoom type of women's group. Uh, Susan Stoppenbrink, yay, she's joining us back. They, Norman, her husband Norman, her um, were leaders here. They moved to Ohio for five years. They're back and uh, they're here to serve. And so she's going to be starting a couple of women's groups, and we're going to be starting some more life-giving groups. And so, get in one. Amen? Amen. All right. Okay. This is without my notes. So we've had, we've had abide, guard your heart, word, prayer, uh, community. The next one I think I talked about was serving and giving. Um, effective Christians serve and give. And I almost did this whole message because I felt like I wanted to uh, preach a similar message um, about the one another's and and loving one another. And I realized that's part of serving, so, so that's why I decided I'm just going to kind of sum it up. As, as Christians, we need to be serving the body and serving one another. And, and the scripture that we, we use for this, the greatest one, is simply, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. As Christians, we need to be thinking less of ourselves and more of other people. And that is hard, especially in our culture. 
I mean, our culture is so independent and so about me. You know, that's, it's just, you know, I, what can I do for me? And, and, and years ago I heard this and I went, wow, we saw the progression in our society. We used to have magazines like called World. And then we started having People. And then we went to Us. And we started focusing down, and now it's just about me, my space. And we went from worldview to me, me view. And, and we've, this culture has developed something that is, that is the epitome of it. Called? Selfie. Selfie. I mean, we are so self-focused. Selfie. And then we put it out there because we want everyone here, I'm going to take a picture of you instead. We put it out there on our, you know, on our social media so that people can tell us what they think about us. Ooh, did I get a like? Oh, do you know that, that if you use social media, getting a like chemically is like getting a hit of drugs. There's studies on this. Be careful. Put things out there waiting for, for a like. People are addicted to it because it goes, oh, somebody liked it. People go, oh, did it, oh, did it, oh. Or that 52 likes. <laughs> Guys, be careful. Man, you know, I follow that. I mean, I'm like, oh man, I got a lot of views on that. They like that. Oh. <laughs> Come on. We gotta be other focused. Focus on others. Love one another. Stop taking selfies and take. Well, let's come up with a different name. I don't know. Yui sounds weird, but you know, Elsie. You know, someone Elsie. I don't know. But let's like start taking pictures of other things. I mean, you know, let's let's let and, and not just the picture. Let's get into that. I'm gonna love others. I'm gonna serve others. I'm gonna lift other people up. And not just false flattery, because we got to be careful of that whole pride and arrogance thing. But speak the truth, speak it in love, build one another up, encourage one another. And let's not be so focused on ourselves. And this is a whole message. We got, you know, you know, what 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 are you doing in your day? Is there times in your day that you're saying, "I'm going to serve somebody else," your neighbor, stopping for somebody on the side of the road, serving at the church, serving at somewhere, be thinking about other people. Minister, serve. That's one of the things that you you is good about when you give to the Lord. You're 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 bringing the tithe, and we learned about that this the beginning of this year. It's a great message um, that that you don't give a tithe. We're genuinely for all my leaders. We don't give tithes. We bring tithes. Why? Because the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's already His. I can't give something that's not mine. I've tried to. <laughs> Um, you know, but you bring it. It's God's. You bring it. But one of the things when you do that and then you give offerings and you, when you see a need and you give something into the, as, to the missionaries, you begin to, to see other people above yourself. And it, and, it, and it fosters this wonderful thing with God and you and your place. So effective Christians serve, they minister, they uh, think highly of others. In other words, they love their neighbors as themselves. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, we, we want to we become people who are, you know, racing to serve each other. You want to know a great marriage? When you have two people 
that think of their spouse more highly of themselves instead of two people who are trying to get their needs met by their spouse. You get, you get a marriage, a relationship where you're both just trying to get your needs met, you're going to be, you're going to drain each other. But if you're trying to fill each other up, and it's a competition who can fill each other up more, you're both going to win. Amen? Amen. Serve, give, and, and I may have missed one, but, but I'm going to close with this, this last one. Effective Christians never stop maturing. They never stop growing. Remember that was just a couple weeks ago? Oh yeah, that's why. Because I didn't preach last time. There is one more. It's Mickey's. Effective Christians, they don't stop. They don't go, wow, you know, I read through the Bible once. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm reading through it again this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish probably in November, a little bit ahead of, ahead of schedule. I was hoping to read it twice. Didn't happen, but I'm reading it once. All the way through and studying it at other times. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I've never read that. It just comes to life. Keep studying. Keep reading. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. Keep going to Bible studies. I, it's so sad when I hear people going, you know, I just don't go to, I don't go to home groups anymore. I've been a Christian a long time. I'm just doing my thing. Don't stop. Just, just keep going. Keep learning. Keep pressing in. We, we're, we're not done until we get to heaven. We, we're going to get there someday. But you just want to keep, keep learning. And, uh, you know, Change it up if you're having a, you know if you're if you're feeling stagnant in your word get a new version, you know get an NLT and just read it that way, and uh, you know, do something different, um, you know uh, if if you if your prayer life is 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 um, you know feeling the same pray in a different way. This might sound weird if you pray normally just the way you like to pray and it's getting kind of stale go get a prayer book. And read some prayers. Because sometimes that's powerful. Reading these prayers that other people have written because you read them, you go, oh, that's good. That's good. Get a hymn book and sing or just speak those words. And there's a lot of depth in the hymns sometimes. Make sure it's a good one. And, and uh, you just change some things up. Keep growing. Don't get stagnant. Um, keep Just keep growing. That's what effective Christians never feel like they've arrived. And, and I feel like it's because when you think you've arrived, you just start sliding backwards. You know, did you know Tiger Woods, I'm not, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know if he's barely playing golf anymore. Do you know Tiger Woods has golf trainers? He's one of the best golf, he's the best golfer in the world, right? At least he has, but he was. He has trainers, coaches. He practices and he has people tell him how to do it. Every professional athlete as trainers. I mean, the best in the world, and they're still training and learning from other people. Yeah, I think we can do the same. I'm definitely not the best Christian in the world. I want a trainer. I want people to help sharpen me, and I want to keep going. Last week, Mickey brought a message. I'm not going to re-preach his message, but I'm going to talk about the importance of it. And, and, and I said, you know, when he told me he was going to share, he says, that really is uh, one of the points that I wanted to share and really the last point of effective Christians. Effective Christians share their faith. He talked about it as being the good news. But effective Christians actively share the gospel, which translated literally means the good news. And, and so in your life, you want to say, am I sharing the good news with people? Well, one, right away, I get guilty of this too, man. Are we, you know, are we sharing too much bad news? Are we just 
you know, and, and there's truth and there's times for debate and all those things, but like, ooh, let me share the good news of Jesus in all of this. Jesus is our hope. And so we want to share that, that there is life in Christ. Um, there, is, there is hope and a future in Christ. And if, if we can be, if we just share that hope and love with other people. And, and uh, there's ways to do it. You know, you, there's even programs that will help you be ready. The Bible actually, actually says to be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you why you have hope. Why you have hope. And, and I'm going to ask, this is a rhetorical question. Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that you have? If somebody at lunchtime came up and said, man, you, you look different, and somebody told me you're a Christian, why, why do you hope in that silly Christianity thing? Could you give an answer? And if you can't, don't condemn yourself, but change it. Be ready. And if you need some help, find someone who can help you. Hey, you know, I don't know how to articulate it. Learn how to articulate it. Be ready. Because if you're not, you're going to get the question. You're going to go, uh, 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 I love Jesus and he loves me. Well, that's true, but that doesn't help anybody. You know, okay, you're a little weird. <laughs> really? People go, okay, well, that didn't help me. Oh, nice, good for you. But what if you said, here's the reason that I know that Jesus loves me. Because I used to be a drug addict. I used to be angry. I was this. I was that. I didn't believe in God. Whatever your story is. And then I had an encounter with God. And my life began to change. And I felt loved for the first time. And I, I, I don't know all the Bible. I, I can't tell you all the, the backs and forths and the scriptures and stuff. But, but I know I had an encounter with a living God. And he changed my heart. And he changed my life. And I have joy that I didn't use. Whatever your story is, and you actually begin to express the why and the how. And, and they go, wow, what, what did you do? Well, you know, I, uh, I admitted that I was a sinner. And then the pastor says, hey, you're a sinner. And uh, you need forgiveness. And Jesus is, is your forgiveness. And so I say, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. And, uh, and, I, think, and I, I think I said this thing, you know, come into my life because I need you in my life. I want to be different. And uh, I want to follow you. And I pray to prayer something like that. Real simple. You just led somebody to Jesus. Right? Amen. Be prepared if anyone ever asks you. Now, I can go to the next step. For some of you who have been in, in the faith longer, I think you should have a 30-second testimony, a 2-minute testimony, and a 20-minute testimony. 30 seconds. Man, you're at the bus stop, and somebody goes, so what's that shirt you're wearing? you got a Christian shirt on. Well, let me tell you, in 30 seconds, you have a quick gospel presentation. You know, the Bible says that all people are sinners and that we needed uh, forgiveness of that sin. And Jesus, and God sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, and I received that, and I, I received forgiveness, and he did it for the whole world, and you can have forgiveness, and you can walk in freedom of any sin that you're in. Just call in the name of Jesus. You can have a two-minute one. You know, when I was... When I was young, I, this is my testimony. When I was young, I got saved at eight years old, but uh, I started partying, and, and by, by sixth grade, I was smoking dope, drinking, selling pot at school. And in my, in my family, I was the official cocaine line cutter. That's my job in sixth grade. I used to do it for the parties. And uh, at, at about 15 years old, I had another encounter with Jesus, and I realized that I was lost, and I needed him, and I gave my, my heart to him. 
And boy, I had some tough years and I didn't always serve him well, but he always loved me well. And, and he, he walked with me through some continuing dark times and I've had a lot of things happen since then. He's always been faithful to me. Um, he, he's been there in times of, of pain and discouragement and even my failures, he's never turned his back on me. The Bible teaches me that he will never turn his back uh, on anyone. He loves us so much. And if you will receive him as your Lord and Savior, you can have the same thing happen to you. You know, you got about a minute, two minutes. It's real simple. It's really simple. And then the 20 minute, that's the one you like. I'm going to tell you everything I ever did. <laughs> but make sure that at the end, when you do it, you, at, at points, you're talking about Jesus. Uh, my buddy Corey, who used, used to attend the church here, he had a term for it, and I, I stole it from him. He got it from Set Free. It's a testimony, not a boastimony. Don't boast about how bad you were. Testify about how good he is. Christians, effective Christians, share their faith. They abide in Christ. They guard their hearts. They read the word. They spend time in prayer. They live in community. They learn, they learn as servants and ministers. They minister and serve, and they think highly of other people. And they share their faith regularly. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we are all on a journey. None of us have arrived yet because we're still breathing. Lord, help us to grow in our faith. Help us to uh, see these things and begin to allow you, the Holy Spirit, to work on them in us because we can't do these outside of you. God, we thank you that the fruit of the Spirit will is love and joy and peace and patience. The fruit of the Spirit is going to help us in these things that, that the Spirit of God is the Word of God, that we, when we spend time in the Word, we're spending time with the Spirit of God. So Lord, we thank you that you will help us to grow in these things and become effective uh, in, our, in our lives, in our, in our faith, in our families, in our work, in our friendships, in every part of our life. God, and I, uh, just, we are so grateful for the opportunity to be together today. Bless us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. God bless you all. Love each other. Go out and have some lunch together.